Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the All Saints podcast. Uh, I'm uh, in the privileged position this week of being able to offer you something a little bit different from normal. You see the setup is not what you're used to seeing if you're watching us on video. Instead of uh, a camera at a jaunty angle in my study, you've got it, uh, a laptop on my desk looking at me and a bookshelf behind me. And on the other half of the screen, you see the smiling face of Mr. Munir Alaji. Uh, Munir is one of the missionaries that we have the privilege of supporting here at All Saints. And uh, what I'd like to do in this podcast, and actually in, on other occasions in the coming months, is I'm going to try and uh, spend a little bit of time talking to a number of the missionaries whom we support with the aim of increasing their profile among us and also, in particular, uh, introducing them to you, especially those of you who've arrived recently. Um, what often happens in church situations is that a church will begin supporting missionaries and we pray for them and we give to them financially and we try to support them in other ways. But then the years roll past and some people leave and new people join. And after a few years, many in the congregation simply don't know who these people are who we've been praying for. And we really don't want that to happen at All Saints. We would love to have everybody uh, having a, some kind of a picture of uh, what it is that uh, the missions that we support are doing. And it's just wonderful to be able to begin with um, Mr. Munir Alaji. Um, uh, who we've been supporting, uh, not for very long, actually, just for a few months. And I'm going to uh, ask him to introduce himself, tell us about his background, his life as a Christian, uh, his um, previous ministry, uh, what he's got in store for the future. And also, uh, we recently, by God's grace, had, well, Munir had a, a, a providential and wonderful escape from some fairly severe medical trouble. And we'd love to hear you talk about that. Anyway, enough from me, Munir. It is absolutely wonderful to have you with us. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for this uh, opportunity. I, I do appreciate your love. I do appreciate your, uh, your, your gift for my uh, ministry. Um, and I hope this relationship will, uh, uh, will, will continue and uh, bring uh, like fruitful to my life and to uh, my ministry too. Um, there, there, there was a plan to visit uh, your church, yeah, yeah. But because of my medical situation, I think it will it will be some yeah. sometime yeah. in twenty twenty two. So right. I'm originally from Syria, right? Uh, uh, born and raised up there. In um, most of my life uh, was in Aleppo, north of Syria, close to the Turkish border in the north. Um, I came from a, a very nominal Christian uh, uh, family, so a very big family, uh, and all of them are uh, Orthodox, Greek Orthodox. I'm right. not Greek Greek, but they call mm -hmm. the church like this. Um, but it it was all the time a very nominal uh, uh, Christianity. Right, in right. our life, like in 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 my parents' uh, place, church was like has no place. Right, and right. we used to have a New Testament, but it was like hidden in one of the closets. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. one should touch that book. Yeah. Uh, what's so what happened? happened? So what happened to to you? I mean, because um, something must have happened to bring your faith to life at some point. 
That's right. So what happened uh, in in 1980, I think that that year, uh, one of my relatives came to Aleppo for to study in university, and his family, like his parents and their kids, were the only born again people in in entire family and even in the our entire village so so you you can imagine how much they were neglected from the the others because they left their their face they right uh, so that the, the, guy i want to ask you something about that because because that's that's interesting that's a phenomenon i've observed elsewhere in orthodox communities in serbia um i've i've worked with a ministry in serbia over the years um and I've heard similar things where you have people who, who uh, start reading the scriptures, they come to a living faith in Christ, and their Orthodox families consider that they have rejected their traditions and even their country. Is that, is that the kind of thing we're talking yes, about? Yes, right. yes. It's, it's like an ID. So because you, live, you are living in a very um, big uh, uh, Muslim community, uh, one of the the ways to keep your ID is your church or your right, right, right. Christian background. So if you start going uh, to the evangelical church, yes, you're, you're so leaving. That guy is that guy is is a believer, and at that time I was in between grade ten and eleven uh, in high school. So we start to chat. I used to read a lot. Um, I would like I, um, I like reading. I have like a lot of information but not not in the bible or christianity so yeah. all i i know like a few things about christianity so the guy was very diligent to tell me and to keep ongoing uh, 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 informing me about christianity yeah. and I, it was it was like very confusing um, uh, um, it was very uh, convincing Right. I yeah. At the end, I started to read the Bible. He brought me a Bible, mm -hmm. and that was my first time in my life. Seventeen years old, young man, the first from Christian background, the first time to hold the Bible and read it. I'm wow. And we just take that for granted now, you know, don't we? We do, we we have multiple Bibles in all our homes, yeah, and that's right. Different. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so, interesting encouragement, you know. Just thinking about what you're saying that um, uh, it's an encouragement to any anybody with with non-Christian friends that they're talking to, isn't it? Um, the thought that um, Munir Alaji, this um, evangelist and um, missionary, was once a confused sixteen or seventeen year old who'd never held a Bible in his hands, and yeah. somebody, you know, one of your friends or your family members in this case. You know, spends the time with you and talks with you. It's an encouragement to us all, I think. You know, just just to see God's work in your life. Never mind what He's been doing in you since, but just an encouragement to all of us to to, to be um, really purposeful in those relationships and not to give up with people. You know. I mean, yeah, that's 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 right for sure. So um, uh, I I start to read and I told him yes I. Yes, I, I, I do accept the Lord as, as my savior. And I went with him once on Sunday to evangelical uh, um, church. And at the end, I, I don't remember anything about what happened on that Sunday. 
but I do remember that at the at the main door, leaving the church, uh, shaking hands with the with the preacher, and that the preacher said, uh, d- uh, uh, "Did you accept the Lord as your savior, the own savior?" I said, "Yes, I do." And um, uh, he said, "So um, now, uh, do you believe that you have eternal life, and if you left this world?" you will be with, with the Lord in, in heaven? I said, mm, I don't know. So he, he told my, my friend, you, you, should, you should tell him about this. So we start to talk about <laughs> that. That night, that night uh, March, March 15th, 1981, after midnight, I, I, in, in, in my room, I, I knelt down on my knees and I prayed. That was my first time. I <laughs> I prayed this way, never did before. Wonderful. And I finished my prayer and went to bed. That morning, I, you know, I mean, that happened 1981. Mm. Since that time, I can't forget that morning. It was different. Right. It was different, like even the weather. I don't know. That was in my eyes or that reality, even the weather was different. The world looks different. And yeah. Yes, yes. And that day was the day when I really left my, like, my habits, my bad things, my all my uh, bad friends, and start with the Lord a, a new beginning. Mm-hmm. And since that time, I will say the Lord was, like, great and faithful. Um, in following up with me on um, uh, in growing me up and also inviting me to be his partner in ministry that wow. was that was the like amazing i mean this um young man trying to do whatever sin he can find yeah. and now he is like using him completely in a, in, in, in a different way. It, yeah. It's a miracle. It's interesting because it, uh, I, I was just reading, I was reading this morning um, in preparation for a conference we've got coming up here at All Saints. Um, we've got a conference on Reformation Day, uh, a Reformation celebration. Um, uh, I don't think it's actually on Reformation Day, but it's our annual Reformation celebration. I was reading a letter from John Calvin to the King of England. And he's exhorting the king of england james the sixth in relation to his own faith he's you know he's 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 not just saying listen you've got to do your job as the king and although he is saying that he's he's encouraging him he's only a teenager um james james the sixth at this time 1550s i think um he's encouraging him as a as a believer in christ and you realize that um these people who have had a significant impact on the lives of many, and, and you have, and James the Sixth did, and um, it, it in the end, um, it is the Lord's grace and kindness in taking these hopeless sinners and doing something with them, <laughs> and I, he, he does that with all of us, doesn't he? You know, um, yes. he acts so kindly to, to not just to save us, but to use us in His purposes. Yes. That's wonderful. So, so um, it's, tell us it's about your. Hmm. It's not only about about to be a believer. I mean, it's not only about to yeah. have this idea and experience. It's about to be 
someone doing, I mean, our Lord will not invite us only to be uh, his sons. He wants us to do something. Yes, yes. That's the importance. That's, that's really, uh, that's really helpful because, um, yeah, I mean, just, just to chew on that for a little bit is um, quite challenging, isn't it, really? And there's always a danger, I think, that we become comfortable in our faith. And praise God that, you know, we're not persecuted here. I mean, I don't know what it was like in Syria in the 1980s, but I imagine it was a little bit more difficult for you, as you've already described. And, um, but there's always a danger that we, that being a Christian in modern America isn't difficult in the way that it is in so many parts of the world. And That's right. Okay. Well, listen. Tell us a little bit more about your family. Your your marriage. You have children. Do you want to tell us a little bit about about that and about Sarah, your wife? Yes. In 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 two thousand. No, sorry. In nineteen eighty two, I started to attend a, a church close to my um, uh, to my uh, home, and in that church, I I met with Sarah. Wonderful. And there we 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 had a small group all of them like new believers and very like happy and so excited about the Lord. And we start a prayer meeting uh, at home, attending the church and going out uh, to visit people, to meet people and uh, evangelize them. Uh, so Sarah was one of that group. And we start there as, as friends, as brothers and sisters in, in, in that church and ministry. And, at the end, like we, they, we fall in love also. I love you. Got married. Uh, yes. And you have children. So, uh, in, yeah, nineteen ninety, we get married. We have um, two boys. Majd, uh, he is now thirty, married and has two boys. It's a family of boys. Yeah. And then uh, the other one is Sammy. Um, he is twenty-one, uh, still working, uh, studying here in, with right. us. In, all of them with with us in Calgary. That was great right. bless from the Lord when we left Syria and came here. All of of them are with us in Calgary. Right. So I'd love to talk about that process. So um, in the uh, 1980s, you become a Christian, you meet Sarah, you get married, you have uh, two boys, um, I guess, in the, the 10 years or so after that. And there was a there's a long period of time in your service as a pastor and a missionary and an evangelist between that time and where you are now in Calgary, in Alberta, Canada. So can you give us a picture of um, what you've been doing in, in, um, in various aspects of your ministry during that time? Well, tell us about your previous experience and where it was and what you did. Yes. So um, we, uh, uh, 1991, we left Aleppo to Beirut to uh, uh, attend a, a Baptist seminary there. Right. And uh, it happened. I don't know why the Lord started to open, open the doors. Mm. So the plan was to go to the seminary and go back to Aleppo mm. for ministry. But even before we finished the, 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 the seminary, the doors start to open for ministry. So uh, in, in Beirut. In Beirut, yes. Wow. You so really we spent there 12 minutes. years. Sorry? You really picked the places, Munir. <laughs> uh, so we spent there 12 years. And I will say these uh, 12 years in uh, in Beirut were they're amazing. Lebanon is a very open country for, for missions, for Christian work, and never in Syria. So it was a great chance to learn and to know how to do what to do in Christian life. 
Uh, at the end of that 12 years, I mean, exactly 2000, suddenly Sarah and I, we were sitting and talking and a, a question came in the middle, like, what are we doing here in Beirut? The hmm. goal was to go back to Aleppo after the seminary. Hmm. And we start to, to talk that, you know, it's life and we are like settled here. I have a job, Sarah has a job. I'm studying in university, our son in, in, in fifth or fourth grade in elementary school. I mean, we will not go back. I mean, I mean there, there is <laughs> no Syrian can, can enter Lebanon and, and have a work, will we'll go back to, to Syria. This is right, like, right. Lebanon is much like, better than Syria yeah, for life and for job. Yeah. So to going back after 10 years, it's like crazy idea. But what happened that that bell started to ring in our ears mm. and you, you can't you can't run away from the Lord when he like want to invite you to do something. After a while, yeah. yeah, after a while a friend came from Aleppo and he came with the same with the same message. Like, what are you doing here? The mm. plan was your your promise was to go at the seminary and come back to Aleppo. Like, why? So it was very convincing. 2002, winter of 2002, we left Beirut to Aleppo. It was, I mean, in the eyes of the people, the family, yeah. I mean, we were the craziest people ever. <laughs> with, two boys, yeah, with two boys living uh, our jobs in Beirut and to start over in Aleppo. So what are coming to do? I'm, I'm, I want to plant a church. Mm. Who will pay you? And where, where? Where is the building to do that? I mean, how, how to plant a church? I said, I, I don't know. I have the call. So we start there, uh, us and another two families. Mm -hmm. So what happened? The Lord like suddenly opened the door and a, a, a Christian organizations, organization, organization um, uh, uh, they uh, donate amount to buy apartment as as wow, a church so we 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 purchased a a, fl a flat a apartment on a building mm -hmm. and we start there to i mean in syria at that time before the war it was mm -hmm. like very easy to buy a building and and to to change it into a church and that was the golden the golden time Right, because it's not like that now, right? It's it's very different. It's it's now it's 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 more difficult, more expensive, but at that time it was easy, and uh, the government always was open to help with that. It was difficult with the secret police and all other things, but I mean, you can find you need to find the ways. So we start there. Uh, Two thousand. Uh, um, our first meeting was. Um, I think October, November 2002, with 10 people sitting there, standing there preaching for 10 people. I mean, is it, is this real? I mean, is this like, will, 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 will come to be like a real church? Yes. And I mean, you know, like seven, eight, 10 people, yeah. half of yeah. them, my yeah. family. Yeah, I've been uh, in the same place. I remember, a, I remember a service, I'm interrupting you, forgive me, but I remember a service at the church I pastored in London when there were nine people of whom I was related to four of them. <laughs> it's like, uh, is this, after, is this after a few months, 
year after yeah. people start to come. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And in in a few years, I mean, it's a small it's a small uh, hall. I mean, the whole apartment was uh, 120 square meters. I don't know, but in feet. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's cool. it's uh, uh, it can host like 70, 75 people, mm-hmm. but you can you can squeeze the choice Reason. to have 100, 110. Yeah. But never dreamed that there will be 70 people in that building. Mm, yeah. After yeah. a few years, like the Lord put me in a, in a, in a, in a position to see that building full. That full. More than one time, people were standing outside of the building. All right. Standing, listening into it the was, window. It was amazing. It was amazing. And so we choose... We choose a place in in a mixed area. Aleppo is very very uh, separate. Like uh, how to explain that? So in Aleppo, there are special communities for Christians, right? Yeah. Other communities for Muslims. Segregated. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and there are a few mixed areas. Mm-hmm. So we we choose a corner of one mixed area. From this side, Muslim community, and from this side, Christian community, and right, that right. corner connect to a a mixed area. Great. And and that ministry was so so amazing, especially uh, helping Muslims to see the Christ, mm-hmm. to come to the church, and that was like a headache for for me. Because people start to accusing me to the secret police that I'm I'm baptizing Muslims, I'm preaching for Muslims, I'm so that that was a big problem. Right, However, right. that's illegal in Syria. Is that? Uh, no, it's in, illegal. Yeah, it's illegal. Yes. Right. So what 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 consequences would there be for Muslims who converted in that situation? If a Muslim became a Christian, what would happen? So the the government was. I mean the the. Officially, the government was very nice. They tried always to make themselves not seeing what happened. But the problem would start with his family and his community. And they start to accuse us to the secret police. And then they will invite us to check what is happening, why you are doing that, you are causing problems. You will you will make problem to the community. So now it depends on his family and his community how much they are fundamental or open minded. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you can't you can calculate it from the beginning. You need to, right. like, to start <laughs> and to see what will happen. Yeah, yeah. But people yeah. were like thirsty. I will say, if I will say for example, if I have. 100 people accepting the Lord or, or searching for the Lord, I will say more than 80 of the 100, they came to me ready. The right. Lord was working in, like, in a great, the Holy Spirit was working with people in amazing way. People with dreams, people with the media, people with, with uh, their problems, searching for something. Hmm. I will say maybe 20 of the, the 100 I was working directly with them from the, the from the beginning, but the the rest 
they just have, came you know some other way yeah. I used to 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 say in my office and leave the, the main door open and it will happen even sometimes on a daily basis someone enter and say I want to be a Christian what should I do that's you know it's like like this wow I right. mean so what do you know? I will he start to, to tell me what happened with him. And and in, in many cases, I would say, you are already Christian. I can I will not do anything for you. It's you are yeah. already because just come and join the church. He, yeah, he did he did what he saw in a dream. Yes. And yeah. in his dream, the Lord told him, follow me. Yes. And I, I, this is interesting because this is a um this is a theme I have encountered in other contexts where in Muslim countries there is really quite reliable testimony of that kind of really unusual, miraculous um, uh, encounter with the living God. And it's, it's almost as though, I don't know whether this is, this is uh, right historically, but it seems to me defensible theologically that under normal circumstances, of course, God works through evangelists, and of course, he works through the ministry of churches reaching out. But in situations where the gospel is not able to be preached, God will find a way. And we, know, we all know that he can do miracles like that. And, and it seems to me that the most reliable testimonies of those kinds of events come from situations where the church is being oppressed in some way and where, where it's, it's not in sort of self-indulgent, wealthy contexts. It's in places where there was no other way, humanly speaking, for the gospel to get through. Um, so it's interesting to hear you talking about that. Yeah, you need you need to to give the Lord the chance <laughs> yeah. to, to do what He wants to do. You know, some sometimes we we draw the Lord in a way we understand Him, and mm, sometimes we limited His work because we think that it should be. I mean, if the Lord will do that, He will do it this way. Who told you? I mean, mm. He is like bigger. And he has plans. You, mm. We don't have it. Yes, so, yeah. yes. I mean, like for example, why why he came to Munir in yeah. 1981? I mean, why? Mm. I, I can't tell. I can't tell. I I had nothing at that time. Just crazy teenager guy doing bad things. Why to come to him to my to me? I don't know. Yeah. Why yeah. to why he brought that guy? from Damascus to Aleppo for one year, and then the next year he left Aleppo to Damascus. Okay, yeah. no, I mean, he, he did that for the university, but in the eyes of the Lord, he did that for Munir. So yes, yes, I mean, people came yeah. with, with extraordinary experience. That's wonderful. So that, that ministry was amazing. I used to visit the Turkish, uh, the Kurdish villages around Aleppo, uh, and people were very open to the gospel. People were were happy to hear. Uh, it was uh, it was amazing ministry. Mm. So, so, so I, what I'd love to hear about is um, obviously you made a transition from Syria. You're now in Canada. It would be great to hear about briefly about how that transition took place, um, and then after we've heard about the medical things, I'd love to hear a bit about your plans for the future but tell us how you came to leave syria and how you ended up in calgary yeah so as you know the the, the world mm -hmm. came and it was a disaster and um 
in in uh, winter 2012, nearly I lost all the young people in my church. They left the country. Uh, and they left, they left of Syria, right? Yes, they left Syria. And for, for 10 years, I was dreaming. I was working on this group of young men mm. uh, to be the future of the church. Wow. And suddenly, this, the church was empty of any one of them. Wow. Only people in my age. And that was hard. To, even my son left to, to, to Beirut at that time. Right. So that was heartbreaking for any church pastor to like to see. I mean, his dreams just disappeared. Uh. And, and the war was so bad. So we were uh, in, 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 in an area under the government protection, which, I mean, that's normal. So all the Christians and minorities... The, you, now you will hear a different voice. I'm sorry for that. All, all Christians and, and minorities survived the war because right. they ran away from the opposition uh, uh, um, places uh, to the government uh, areas. Right. Because, right. because for the government, it's open for anyone. I know, I know it's the opposite of media, mm -hmm. uh, but Everywhere where the, the because the, the the opposition where all of them were uh, they are um, a very fundamental Muslims so they were ready to kill everyone not non-Muslims so um, and we faced in Aleppo a very difficult very difficult times like for example winter two thousand thirteen from December till I think. March, we were under sage, right? Yeah. No, no food, nothing. Uh, uh, that was from that was from the opposition, not from the yes. government. We heard about that in um, Western media. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so how, how did you end up in Canada specifically? So what happened? What happened? Uh, 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 suddenly. Um, a friend from Canada called me and tried to to like to check what is happening, mm. and I told him that I'm I'm very tired and I'm I'm not happy and um, and he said Munir, what do you think about visiting me for like two or three weeks just to relax and to like mm. and I Wait, said right. you know I'm, I mean okay thank you, but he was insisting so he called me next day and he said you know friend I mean I don't have money for that. At least, like, like he said, no, 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 no. You don't need money. Uh, I, uh, uh, we will pay for the ticket, and you will stay uh, with us at home. So it will be there will be no cost. Right. So you would just be able to go and you, you expected to go for a couple of weeks just to recover and rest. Yes. And... Yes. Uh, I said okay. So he sent me an invitation to come as a like a visit. Uh, while I was applying for that visit. I had email from someone in Canada. I don't know him. I've never been in North America. I traveled many places, not North America. And in that letter, that guy said, um, we are searching for a church pastor and, and someone uh, uh, recommend us, recommend you to us. And we want to connect with you about and to see. The, the, so, wow. So <laughs> you, were, you were hunted by the Lord to move from... Yeah. <laughs> yes. I so Canada to pass I, yeah, 
I, I, I called my friend and said, you know, I have this letter. I, it's not, I'm not trying to use you, but I just received this email. And he said, no, 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 it's, you are not using me. I mean, maybe this is the, the, like something the Lord is preparing. I know the people. Uh, let's, let's continue. Come here. And we will talk about that. And yeah. Yeah. maybe the Lord will prepare to visit them also. So it happened, 2014, I came to, um, uh, to uh, Ottawa to visit my friend Walid Bitar. I spent there two weeks, and then I came to Calgary to visit that, that church uh, for two weeks and went back to Syria. And, and tell us about that church. Was that an Arabic-speaking church? Is that Arabic-speaking church struggling with many difficulties for many years. And uh, so we talked about many things about mm -hmm. this ministry. And they said, I said, okay, I will come. Right. Um, uh, and so uh, through them, they applied for me as, as a refugee. Uh, right. That was new for me to apply, to apply as an immigrant or as a refugee. I, I like never applied to any, anywhere to go as an immigrant, I only visit, visit yes. for Missy and get come so i said okay uh, let let's 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 apply as a refugee because people told me that it will be better for you than uh, i mean or faster yes. so we applied as a refugee uh, the whole family we went to the canadian embassy in beirut the meeting was like for uh, 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 four of us uh, sarah me majd and sami Mm -hmm. And the, the meeting was only for 20 minutes. Wow. And even before the 20 minutes finished, the, 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 uh, the guy said, well, welcome to Canada. We are happy to have you there. Wow. And wow, it was very easy. I mean, very easy, much easier than like all of our expectations. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Christmas, Christmas, 2014, right. we came to Canada. We left the country and came to Canada, uh, to Calgary. Yeah. And um, it, is, it is a nice country, nice people. Yes. Uh, we start over here, very happy, very grateful to the Lord. Yes. That, I mean, with the immigration or with the refugee uh, problems, you will see families just scattered in all over the the. the um, uh the world but the, the the lord blessed us to came to come here together mm. and this is nearly our seventh year in um in canada in calgary and so you, you spent some time pastoring that church the arabic speaking church but that's not what you're planning to do next right there's there are, there are some other plans on the table now and i um, before you get onto them, um, I know, and the, the folks at All Saints will have read the brief summary by email. Um, you had all these plans, which you're going to tell us about in a second, but then you had a medical emergency, which just kind of came out of the blue. And it was literally a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Yes. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes, yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, July was was like very important months for us. Sarah and I we went uh, in 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 a trip to uh, Greece to have our 
first in-person meeting, me and the other people in the mission. Right. And we went to Jordan to meet some uh, seminary uh, uh, leaders uh, to, to see how much we can do work together. And we went also to Germany and we visited many churches, many friends, and we came here as if the Lord telling us this is this is the, the, the correct way for your uh, coming ministry. And that, I mean, we came very happy. And suddenly, uh, August 18, I did x-ray and some other tests, medical tests, and I, they found that um, uh, my spine has more than one difficulty. One, one vertebra is almost ready to, 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 to break down and to uh, maybe I will die because of that. And I have um, cancer, uh, multiple myeloma also. I mean, wow, I was like, mm -hmm. I was like healthy, nice. I have some pain right, in my right, back, right. yeah. And for for a year, my doctor uh, uh, saying that it's a, a muscle problem. Uh, right. So um, in in three or four days, I did all the medical uh, tests. At the um, they told me you need to enter the hospital. I hmm. entered the hospital. Yes, um, Friday, August twenty seventh. Sunday, I had a surgery. Uh, they they put screws to to bound three uh, vertebrae and put the weak one in the middle right, to protect yeah. it. Uh, the the surgery itself is 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 very successful. Now I can walk. I'm sitting for now. Um, uh, I can like move. I would say normally. Somehow. Wow, and that was that was in August. I mean, yes, a month ago. Yes, and they very very fast uh, put me on a chemotherapy for the cancer <laughs> i mean uh, i i i start to say it's like a car accident you know in car accident you are driving and suddenly you have accident and right. find yourself with a big uh, injury so it's like the same yeah, i was hard. just living my life normally right. and suddenly uh, all gone so um <laughs> I start a, the chemotherapy. It will be uh, sixteen sessions uh, on a on a day on a weekly uh, basis every Monday. Uh -huh. um, so uh, um, before yesterday, I had my third uh, dose of the chemotherapy. What is I mean? What is good that till now the third dose and I'm good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still have my hair. I don't have. They they gave me a very long list of crazy side effects, uh, difficult side effects, but none of them happened to me. Wow, that's wonderful. So um, I'm here um, at home. They advised right. me not to go out uh, and meet people because of my immunity immunity system. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to get COVID. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so the plans that you had. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah, but please, yes. I was going to say that the, the, the plans that you had are still um, on the table because we, 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 we talked um, back at the, the beginning of this year about your plans. And obviously, you mentioned Greece and Jordan and Germany. I want to get, get you to tell us about that in, in a second. And it looked for a moment like 
they were going to be completely derailed because you're admitted to hospital with cancer and a vertebrae that's about to collapse, which endangers your life. And in the space of a week, you're patched up back together and at home recovering. And and now the Lord presumably has in mind that those plans should continue again. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, during the week in the hospital, it was very confusing. I mean, like, right. why? Why and why now? I mean, it's it's a very big question. Uh, and, you know, from from your, like, what people tell you have yeah. cancer and you have chemotherapy, then your life is destroyed and, and everything is, like, you know, vanished. Uh, right. Even if you will not die from the cancer because of the chemotherapy, your body will destroy it and you can't do anything. Uh, that was the idea. But when I start, when I finished, the time in the hospital and I found myself, I can walk easy, like I can move my body. The surgery is very good. And then when I start to take the chemotherapy and nothing happened to me, I said, okay, I mean, it's, it's okay. And, and I start to, to receive voices through friends, believers. They have, they have a voice from the Lord that this is very temporary. Don't worry. The Lord will, will, will give you another chance and you will continue. And I do believe my Lord. Sorry, I do believe that he, he, no, he invited me for ministry and I will continue. So, right. um, so tell us about this plan. plan. The, yeah. yeah, so the plan, I mean, our ministry is to train uh, the new leaders in the EU. You have their hundreds of new groups and churches. Most of their leaders are not trained um, biblically or theologically and, and, and these are so just forgive me i want to, want to make sure i'm understanding it rightly these are arabic speaking churches and communities that are refugees from places like syria and elsewhere syria and iraq mainly yes right syria and iraq yes. so yes. arabic speaking christians they've had to flee their country and they've gone all over the european union and north africa and elsewhere um, yeah i'm i'm focusing now on on, on the eu Right. Uh, uh, so uh, some of them are from Christian background, some of them are from Muslim background, but their leaders are not trained. So the idea was not why not to take uh, the the trainers with their courses to their places. They are refugees. They have they have unstable jobs. They don't have money to travel, and you know many many other difficulties for newcomers. So why not to go there? And teach them with like using their language mm. in, a, in, a, in, let's say, an easy way comparing with their difficulty situations. Right, right, right. That was the that that was the plan, and um, so uh, we we start to connect with some seminaries to to take coverage for accreditation for the courses. It's not mm -hmm. only, I mean. Uh, um, spending their time for nothing at the same time uh, we start to prepare ourselves for that now the the plan was that me and sarah to move and live there mm -hmm. and the only change will be that we will we will we will leave this move to next year so right. i have to stay here for uh five uh, four to six months for the treatment yeah. and um I, I start to tell my myself. So we spent a year and a half uh, in the pandemic at home, 
doing our work through like online, right? Uh, we can do that now because of the, the cancer treatment. We can do that also um, till uh, the treatment will finish. So I'm, I'm still working, connecting with people there to prepare them and to, to see who will study with us and where they are and how to help the classes uh, right. easily for them. At the same time, uh, connecting with my group here uh, to see... Um, uh, how to find teachers and the correct courses and send them there with um, translators. Right. I hope I hope that we will start our first class uh, uh, sometime in the beginning of the spring, not because of my uh, sickness, because I mean all the procedures need more preparations, so I'm I'm hoping that the Lord will will open the door for us for the first class to be, I would say around the beginning of the the coming spring. Right. See, this is what fascinated me about the whole project that um, we've had so much else to talk about. But this is really the heart of of what really excited me when I heard you present to us as a session here at All Saints earlier this year. Um, this seems strategically such a, a fabulous opportunity because on the one hand, um, it is reaching um, these uh, deprived refugee Christian communities right where they are in their language. Um, and the problem is they're scattered all over everywhere. Different countries in Europe have taken in small numbers of refugees, or in some cases, large numbers of refugees. There's no conceivable way you're going to get their pastors shipped off someplace to a seminary for three years to study. It's just absolutely impossible. But then if you say, well, let's just give online resources. Well, online resources are okay, but you don't have the in-person mentoring and communication and yes. the contact. So the... the if, if the idea of, of coordinating people to travel around, like yourselves and your co-workers, to travel around from place to place to give in-person training um, for short periods of time intensively, it's like it's the best, easily the best solution to this problem. Um, and But what it requires, of course, is people like yourself, Munir, and others who are working with you to be flying all over the European Union from place to place, delivering these courses and so on, basically building up these little churches. It reminds me of the Apostle Paul, you know, he's planted, he's, he's seen um, the Christian communities scattered, um, and certainly James and Peter, they've seen the diaspora communities scattered. Um, and the Apostle Paul just goes around traveling, visiting all yes. the churches that have become established. It, it's, it picks up on all those um, imperatives of um getting to know people, building relationships, trying to resource them where they are um, so that the churches can grow and stabilize and thrive. Yeah, yes, yes. I mean, it's it's very important, very strategic, and the need is huge. Like, mm. I spent uh, in July uh, uh, 10 days. I, Of course, most of them friends because they were in Syria. I know them. Right, right. And, uh, I, they they were like telling me in the past what is going on, but it, even in person we spent their 10, 10 days traveling from city to city, and to see the need and to see people asking for help, right. it's it's, uh, it's the correct thing. I mean, for us as a family, in the beginning the idea was difficult 
you know, we, we just left our country to a new country and we start to feel like Calgary is our, our home. Finally, we, we have like a, a peaceful a place to live with our kids and grandsons. And now the Lord is saying, no, no, just leave and go. That, that was difficult for us. I mean, like, why? And uh, the other thing that we came here as a refugee, and now, now the Lord is going to go and serve other refugees there. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, the need and the call is much important than yeah. anything else. I mean, to be, if you want to be faithful, then you, you, you need to say, yes, Lord, I will go. Yeah. Well, Munir, it is a real honor to get to know you. I, we, we've talked a couple of times now and um, d- today and previous months and been in touch a little bit by email. And um, uh, did, Am I right? You said you thought you may be able to travel down and visit us here in person at some point in 2022, or is that... I, that I, hope, I hope so. Right, I hope right. so. But if that's possible, Munir, you, you can be assured of a warm welcome and you will have a congregation of two or three hundred people here who are just totally blown away by what the Lord is doing with you and by the privilege of being able to be involved with you in um, yeah. uh, in uh, resourcing it and praying for you. And um, we do pray for you. We will continue to do so. Thank you for your newsletters and so on. Um, uh, uh, I've, the, I want to ask just one final thing, um, which is the, the obvious question to ask in this situation um do you want to give us some some things we can be praying for you in particular i mean we we know you medical issues we can imagine the strategic issues of building relationships with churches and institutions and communities and establishing trust and all this kind of thing are there particular things you'd like us to pray for though uh yeah in addition to the 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 four points in my uh, 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 last um prayer list i will ask to pray for the feeling of the uh, of the uh, um, uh, empty I mean to stay at home for a long time mm. and to think that it will remain you will remain in the same situation for another few months you will start to feel that it's it's a it's a huge amount of time like empty. I start to see this is a big challenge, and I start to 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 make myself busy with more programs and more uh, ministry. But it seems to be a big challenge. I need I need to pray for that. Okay. okay. Um, uh, the other thing is, um, yeah, I think Sarah and I we need we need more more prayer more support in a prayer um, um will you be traveling together when you're when you're in the eu will you be both going yes it it the, the plan is to be together yes right yes yes but, but it seems yeah, strange, isn't it? yeah now it's it's a difficult time especially for sarah hmm. um if people can remember her in prayer that will be great sure. We will certainly do that, Minia. Yes. Um, 
Sir, thank you very much indeed. Um, it has been a real privilege getting to know you. I, I look forward to meeting you in person, Lord willing. Um, just, just to fill in some of the administrative bits and pieces, um, uh, Munir is working for TLI, Training Leaders International. That's the mission agency that, uh, or the Christian organization he's with. Uh, many of you will know the name of Joost Nixon, who also works with TLI. He's going to be working with Munir. There is so much more to talk about in relation to um, what, uh, may be happening in the coming months, but maybe we should wait to see what the Lord does before preempting that. And I hope we hope you'll come back and visit us either in person or um, uh, yes. on a call like this uh, at some point in the future, Munir. But thank you very much. Thank, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for you. Thank you for the congreg all the congregation. God bless you with this program. All right. Okay. Well, that'll do for now. Um, uh, a slightly unusual podcast for you all, but I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, uh, do pray for Sarah. Uh, sorry for Sarah Alaji as well as for Munir and all the things he's uh, um, uh, mentioned uh, and Lord willing we may see them uh, in the next year or so. Bye for now. <laughs>